Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Friday, October 18th, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. So, here's what happened. Here's why there was no episode yesterday. Um, Sent it out on Twitter, but uh, not all of you follow me on Twitter. So, I want to let you know what happened here, just so you get uh get what's going on basically um i messed up <laughs> um i had uh a minor procedure done wednesday um uh, nothing major like i said minor uh and i assumed that incorrectly uh wednesday uh given that it was wednesday morning the procedure that i would have enough time to sort of recover come around and be able to record uh wednesday night for yesterday with a couple of guys um, for a hockey preview show. You know, I wouldn't be doing too much. They would be doing the legwork, and I would just sort of be asking questions. But it turns out uh, when you get intubated, uh, that kind of messes with your voice, and um, recovery takes a little bit longer <laughs> when you're in that scenario having stuff done. So, uh, yeah, it just didn't uh, happen. I wasn't in any sort of... Um, physical or mental condition to do any talking into a microphone. Um, so yeah, no show yesterday. My apologies. Um, luckily it's a bye week. I, I planned this stuff out accordingly in case something happened. It was during a bye week, not a lot to talk about in terms of football. And so it all sort of worked out there, but we are back today. Full show, uh, as scheduled kind of the show we were going to do yesterday. Got a hockey preview for you. Segments two and three, all hockey, Michigan State hockey. We've got uh, Nathaniel Bott from the Lansing State Journal, covers MSU hockey for them. And then we've got Jeremy Dewar, who covers uh, hockey from a number of different angles um, and just has been around the program uh, a lot. His life knows a ton about the team and writes about them uh, as well. So we'll do that in segments two and three for today's show. To start, I want to talk about Cam Chambers, and I want to talk... um, just sort of the fallout from that. And if I have time, I want to say something about Xavier Tillman, but I think I might end up saving it uh, as we start to mix in more basketball preview stuff. Uh, Really, we'll do next week uh, because the season's right around the corner for that. And yeah, we got football stuff to do, but we will start mixing in basketball during the week. It won't be all football like it has been for the first seven weeks here of the football season. So that's the plan for today's show. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is the easiest way to get these episodes to your phone every single day. All right, let's talk about uh, another transfer. Okay, so Cam Chambers, fourth-year junior, redshirt junior receiver, uh, transfers, enters the NCAA transfer portal. And not exactly surprising, he did have a tweet uh, that was deleted from a couple days ago talking about just kind of general dissatisfaction with his playing time saying, you know, he's more than just a law student. Um, And this has been a really interesting situation. I put it out on Twitter and uh, I admittedly didn't phrase it excellent the first time, but did sort of a thread there and kind of corrected it. But I was wondering how much essentially law school uh, played a role in Chambers football career ending at MSU. And it seems like You know, it kind of really came down to that in a number of ways. Um, He graduated after three years, didn't play his redshirt year, didn't play much as a redshirt freshman. Last year as a redshirt sophomore, kind of came on second half of the season. The receiving core is getting banged up. Uh, He made some big plays, uh, had that broken hand, but still kind of battled through it and had some big catches down the stretch and helped 
uh, get the win at Penn State, helped get the win against Purdue, and kind of finally cashed in on some of that talent. He was a really, really highly regarded recruit coming in the 2016 class. And so this season, it was kind of like, okay, maybe Cam Chambers can take a step up and be a regular part of the receiving rotation. And he started, you know, he graduates uh, with an undergraduate degree, and then he gets into law school, and he starts law school at Michigan State. And that uh, that was something that was kind of bandied about a bit in the offseason as well. Look at this wonderful accomplishment for Cam Chambers, balancing football and law school, like what it, like, taking advantage of his free education at Michigan State, going to law school and really doing something to further his life for the long haul. And that's totally true. That's great. That's awesome. And um, it should be held up as an example. And D'Antonio even said at the time, like, you know, we're really supportive of Cam and proud of Cam, but there's going to have to be some concessions kind of each way here. And from everyone I've heard it from, I didn't go to law school, but everyone who I interacted with yesterday told me uh, first year law school is essentially hell, that you are full time locked in studying, no time for pretty much anything, like barely even have time for a part time job if you even had time for a part time job first year law school. And it's an absolute academic grind. And it seems pretty clear to me that given the discrepancy between where Chambers was at the end of last season and how he just completely fell off the map. He went from someone who was a contributor and looking to sort of take that next step, be a regular rotation receiver, to someone who's not even dressing in game days, not even appearing uh, on the field. I think he saw time in two games this season and had zero catches, which is a huge departure from what we would expect. And there was some talk of uh, some undisclosed injury and... There's honestly some conflicting stuff about that. I think Chambers had said at some point, now nah, I'm fine. I'm not banged up. I'm good. Um, and so I'm just, you know, it's hard to not wonder how much law school impacted his standing on the football team. And it makes sense if he's got a mispractice, missing a part uh, of camp, missing the first few days of camp for law school commitments and just not being able to be fully committed to football like he seemingly would need to be to be a rotation player, a starter, then it makes sense. But it also kind of sucks, doesn't it? Like he is a sterling example of a student athlete. Key, key phrase there or key order of the phrase student athlete. And that's something that, you know, we can go back and forth on the legitimacy of that idea and, what it all means and what amateurism is, but the kind of idea is to get these kids into school and make sure they excel from a student perspective first and foremost. That's right. That's what this is all built around, isn't it? Isn't that like what we're all not? I shouldn't say we're all, but isn't that the the fear of paying players is that they'll lose this uh, devotion to school and that's the most important thing. And yet, uh, time and time again, it's been pretty borne out that if there's too much devotion to school for big time athletes, um, that's not a good thing. And you're not allowed to do that. You lose your playing time. You lose your spot on the roster. If you're deciding to pursue, uh, an advanced level of education, as opposed to taking, I don't know, blow off classes and not graduating in three years. Like if Cam Chambers would have just taken a bunch of crap electives, 
bounced around, had some stupid major that didn't mean much, and devoted his entire time to playing football, then he'd be in a better standing with the football program, wouldn't be transferring out. And that's not sort of (laughs) the ideal, right? That's not what is supposed to be going on. So it seems like, um, not that he was punished, but it certainly had a negative impact on his ability to be an athlete at Michigan State because he was pursuing a higher level of education. And that just kind of sucks because seems like a good person, seems like a really smart kid, graduated in three years, is pursuing something that is going to, uh, in theory, benefit him for a very, very long time. And his reward for that as it relates to the, the, the team he committed to, the team he's playing for, is like, yeah, spot's gone. See ya. Gotta, if you want to keep doing this, transfer please leave. Um, and so that's kind of a bummer that it has to turn out like that. And, you know, I understand it. College football is big business. A lot of college football players go to college to play football, not to go to school. Um, and yet they continue to throw around this myth, like, no, they're here to be students first and then athletes second. Like, well, when one tries to do that, when one tries to uh, prove that, theory um, they instead get kicked to the curb shot down the depth chart can't even get on the field and end up transferring so that's just a a kind of an annoying frustration there that that scenario played out that way and it's not like Chambers is someone who is expected to lead this team in receiving or anything like that he was you know maybe going to be a rotation player maybe going to be someone who could get 20, 30 catches, and, you know, he is a junior this year, could have been primed for perhaps a bigger season. There's talent there. Um, But, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's kind of, it's stupid. It sucks, doesn't it? And I'm not worried about what it means that he's transferring. Again, it's just someone, another, his situation is a little bit different, but everyone, you know, upperclassmen getting passed by by freshmen uh, on the depth chart transferring, that's not really a concern for any long-term stability of the program. There's much more other things going on that I would be more concerned about, but transfers of upperclassmen who don't get to play, that's just what happens. That's what happens in in college football programs. And with the portal, uh, it's happening easier for them, which is good. And it's happening uh, with more regularity, which is if if that's what players want to do, that's their prerogative and uh, good luck to all of them. And, yeah, that's just, it's not a major concern. Chambers a little bit different because of the law school aspect, but it's still, you know, he clearly wants to play football. Um, I think he's going to have to find a lower level of football to do so, to continue with law school, because that's such a demand on your time. Um, but he's from out east. There's plenty of schools out there with, you know, still good football, but lower level co- competition. That's not Big Ten football with plenty of good schooling uh, back that way. So I think he'll land on his feet somewhere. He's a bright kid, not worried about his future in any way, shape, or form, but he'll find somewhere that'll take him because he's going to be an overwhelming upgrade in talent compared to uh, the players they're used to fielding at their program, FCS, D2 level perhaps, uh, and he'll be able to get into a a good school and, and pursue his education and make a very good life for himself. So best of luck to him. Not, like I said, not worried about... Uh, his transfer, not worried about the other transfers as it relates to, you know, the, the future of the program. You got a lot of young, really talented players that are taking these jobs and pushing out uh, older players. And that's just kind of how it works in college football. All right. Not enough time to talk about Tillman. Uh, so we'll do that sometime next week. What I'm going to do now is bring in uh, Jeremy Dewar and Nathaniel Bott to talk a little bit of hockey. They're going to school you guys and myself 
on this Michigan State hockey team and what to expect from them this season. So we'll do that here in just a minute. Okay, welcome back to Locked on Spartans. Super excited to be joined now by a couple of guys who know this Michigan State hockey team really well. We've got Nathaniel Bott here who covers the team for the Lansing State Journal. And we're also joined by Jeremy Dewar who writes about the team for BeneathThePines.com. Nathaniel, how you doing? Um, I know you're at a soccer game right now, so thanks for making some time for the show. Yeah, of course, man. I, uh, you know, got to my car, warming myself up. It was pretty cold out there on the pitch. So uh, happy to be here. Cool. And Jeremy, your first time on the show. Thanks for making some time. How you doing? Doing good. Uh, glad to be here, Will. Cool. So I was just talking with these guys before we got rolling. Uh, the The mindset I'm taking into this or the expertise I'm taking into this conversation is very little. Um, I know hockey. I don't know this team specifically. And I think uh, just given the sort of status of the team and how the success hasn't really been there in a few years, there might be a lot of people in the same boat. So I want to kind of take that angle to start. We'll start with you, Nathaniel. Um, this team, we're, we're moving into, uh, I would say, a year with Danton Cole into his regime where uh, it's probably start start time to see some results, right? We, we've had a little bit of uptick and win percentage the last couple of years, um, but this is probably a pretty big year, wouldn't you say, for where this program is at? Yeah, I, th- I think you're spot on there. Um, you know, year three, I think last year they showed some hope and they showed some promise. You know, they had some, you know, tough wins. They swept the ranked Cornell team early in the year last year. They beat um, Ohio State, you know, and put up eight goals on them. They beat Michigan a couple times. But now it's year three. You only graduated three seniors from last year. And then obviously Taro, who's a big piece to fill. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's got the most seniors on his team since the 2011-2012 season. Um, he's still got a, a good top line with Patrick Kotorenko and, and Mitch Lewandowski. And I think this is the year where, you know, I think Dan will be the first one to tell you that he doesn't want to finish at seventh in the Big Ten again. And, um, you know, I think it's something that could happen. The Big Ten's going to be, you know, tough as ever. But, you know, I think, you know, year three, the expectation's there now to, to start competing, at least being in the middle of the pack of the conference. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, what do you think's been the big things kind of holding this program back to where they're finishing near the bottom of the Big Ten or at the bottom of the Big Ten, kind of year in and year out for the last handful of years here? Uh, I think it's it's mainly been, uh, you know, really since probably the end of the Conley regime all the way through the Anastas uh, years and, and early day in just there was a pretty big drop off in the talent. Uh, you know, you went from uh, being able to compete in the CCHA maybe at the end of the Conley years uh, with just a few NHL guys on your roster to moving into the Big Ten and, and for most of the Anastas years having maybe one to two guys who were drafted uh, while they're at school, but they were low seventh, sixth, fifth round guys. So mm-hmm. uh, the talent differential has been pretty stark, uh, especially once they moved into the Big Ten and you go from having a few weekends where maybe you can be even talent wise with uh, Ferris state or a Bowling green that's in conference and you get some, some chances to gain points there to playing teams that every weekend have, uh, you know, half their roster with NHL rights. So uh, it's been, it's been a rough go from that perspective. And, you know, as I talk a lot about on the website too, of hockey recruiting is so far out, it's hard to just do a quick turnaround, but they're, they're starting yeah. to close the talent gap a little bit and, and I think, uh, you know, Dan Cole's tried to tried to improve the coaching to make up some of that talent gap. And I think that's starting to come to fruition a little bit now. 
Yeah, I want to follow up with you just real quick. I know like hockey recruiting, you don't have to get two in the woods, but it is, you know, sometimes kids are committing, spending a couple of years in juniors out of high school before they end up getting to Michigan State. And it can be a really drawn out process. It's not as streamlined as we think with, you know, football or basketball. So just what is that like right now? You, you mentioned it seems like maybe they're taking some steps in a positive direction. How is recruiting sort of been different here in the Dan Cole era than it was maybe at the end of the Anastas era? Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing when you're looking at hockey recruiting as far as like uh, coming from a football or basketball perspective is that uh, kids at 15 or 16 are really making a decision between college or going major junior. Um, so you have to get in on them much earlier than you do as a football or basketball uh, coach just because of the fact that if you're not in on them at 16, they may decide that the OHL is the route and, and they just lost their NCAA eligibility doing that. So. Uh, so that's really the biggest difference. Uh, where I think Cole has made a, a little bit of a difference is, I mean, to be honest, some of the players that he has coming in were committed under a NASTIS, and he's just done a good job of holding on to them. Uh, but part of it is just there's a really good crop of Michigan kids coming in the next two years uh, that played on a team uh, that Chris Draper actually coached out of Little Caesars mm-hmm. uh, that won the state title three or four years in a row together and went to the nationals uh, a bunch with USA hockey. So uh, it's a little bit of just having a good crop in Michigan, but also I think Danton brings a pedigree from his time with the USA program of really just helping elevate uh, a younger player. And really he's gone about it saying he wants to have guys that leave after one or two years because that elevates your program. So Sure. You want to have a mix of that versus, you know, consistently hoping for four-year kids. Mm-hmm. And then, so they're just barely edging into the season so far. Had a split uh, up in Marquette, I believe, with NMU at the Barry Event Center, a place I'm very familiar with, having lived in Marquette and covered NMU a little bit. Um, just a couple of games into the season here, Nathaniel, what is, you know, a realistic expectation for this, this team? Um, what is the report? How are they sort of coming together? How are they looking so far? Well, I think uh, you know just this first series, it kind of kind of showed a little bit what what happened last year. It looked like you know that first game they get some they get some offense, you know they get the defense, you know moving up to the neutral zone quicker with more tempo, more consistency. I think that's something that Danton really preached before the season. And then you know you come out the next day and you can't get a goal. You know that's mm-hmm. something that that seemed to happen quite a bit last year. They put together a, a solid game in game one or two, and then the other game they. You know, lay an egg or something. So, I think a little more consistency on, on a full weekend is is something that, you know, I think fans and and Dan are looking for, um, just just more consistent play in that second night or first night, whatever it may be. But, you know, I think it's it's going to be the interesting storyline here to look for. I think is is that first line. You know, you have established Kodarenko and Lewandowski, and then you're throwing a freshman. You know, Nico Muller who. You know, he's not used to skating on college ice. He skated on Olympic ice his whole career, you know, playing in Switzerland and Sweden. And, you know, you kind of throw him in that first line. And then you got your second line is two freshmen and your captain, Sam Saliba, who's, you know, now playing out on the wing for the first time in his hockey career. So I think it's a lot of change on that top two line. But, you know, that second line got a goal on the power play on Friday. So, you know, that's something that obviously struggled last year, that second power play unit. So. Um, but I think those two top lines are really going to have to carry the load here for offensively for Michigan State. Same thing to you, Jeremy. Kind of what are you feeling with this team in terms of expectations and just in the short season so far, how uh, have things played out? 
I think expectation-wise, I think for uh, a good season would be getting to where you're maybe hosting a playoff series, so you're looking at being in the top four in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, with you know the main expectation probably being hopefully just getting out of the basement of the Big Ten, which is going to be a tough task with how good the league is. Uh, you know, the weekend was a little bit of a mixed bag, like Nate said too. Uh, I thought Friday night they were really good. Uh, they never uh, lost the lead once they got it. Uh, they kept NMU kind of just kept answering after MSU would get a two goal lead just to pull within one. Um, but they they had a pretty good night, uh, special teams wise as far as the power play was clicking and getting some goals. Uh, but a theme for the weekend was that uh, they were taking a little bit too many penalties and they weren't looking great on the penalty kill, which was an issue uh, in previous seasons too. So that's something that they've got to get cleaned up. Um, the Saturday game was kind of it seemed low energy. I think through. I want to say two periods, they were still under double-digit shots. So it wasn't even just not getting goals. It was just not even generating opportunities. So, uh, But it was a one nothing game late and then a, a sloppy goal where they, they score from center ice through to it or kind of just lost the puck. So a uh, tough way to close out Saturday, but I think uh, it's really early in the season. NMU's uh, a pretty decent team to play, so uh, they got enough to probably work on for the next two years. All right, more with Jeremy and Nathaniel here in just a minute. We're here with uh, Nathaniel Bott from the Lansing State Journal, covers Michigan State hockey there, and Jeremy Dewar, who writes about the hockey team for BeneathThePines.com. Jeremy, this one is back to you here. Uh, I saw you mention something very interesting on Twitter about perhaps there's being booze sales at Mun. Do you want to elaborate on that? Uh, Yeah, so so my parents are... uh... Have been on the Blue Line Club, and they kind of uh, they were actually in Marquette last weekend. And uh, Marquette at Barry does sell uh, sell sell booze, so my mom was letting me know she was hitting the White Claws up there, and uh, <laughs> uh, she she just happened to say that there was you know talk of Mun uh, selling selling beer at least uh, through some point during the season. Uh, and then yeah, I think it was uh, two nights ago my. My stepdad just texted me saying that uh, he got it confirmed that for the Cornell series, I guess it's going to be the first series where they uh, have their liquor license and are able to sell beer. So it should be interesting. I think that's probably a good way if the university is looking to roll it out. Uh, it's a sport yeah. that is a little less attended than basketball and, and obviously football as well. So good chance to maybe test it out, see how it goes. It's not tailgating and a little bit extra that they might be worried about with uh the other sports, but yeah, it should be something that hopefully, uh, if you were thinking about getting the money already, it's a little extra incentive there. Hey, there you go. When is the Cornell series? When are they rolling this out? Uh, so that should be the first weekend in November. Uh, okay. Cause this, this weekend they're off with an exhibition game against the U S national team tomorrow. And then uh, on the road at Colorado college. So we're looking at November 1st and 2nd would be the, uh, the first home series there with Cornell. Right on. And then uh, Nathaniel or Nate, Besides beer, why should people head out to Mun to check out this team in the early going? Um, well, you know, I think uh, I think it's a, been a program that you know for the for the fans who have been been there regularly, um, it looks different than it did under Anastas. I think there's more of a a fire and a and a will to fight um, mm-hmm. in these Dan Cole teams, and. You know, personally to me, I think hockey is hockey's the coolest sport to watch just in general. Um, you know, it's so fast paced and stuff. But you know, I think they're gonna put a, put together a good enough product that should generate more more audience than they've been getting. Um, you know, there's a lot of 
you know, upcoming excitement with the Mun renovations and, and whatnot as well. So, you know, and it's early in the year, you know, you always get that hope in the early in the year, early in the year too. So, you know, they're not, you know, they're not sitting at, you know, six and 20 and you want to go, Hey, you want to go to the hockey game? No, they're <laughs> one and one and you know, Hey, they, they could, you know, be generating some good. So I think that those are really the main things for me to, to go out to month. What, uh, Jeremy, what excites you about this team this year? I think what was exciting about this team is, uh, you know, as much as we were going to miss Taro Hiroshi, uh, you still have two parts of the KHL line back, which is always exciting, but there's also just a lot of opportunity for, for other names to kind of pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it be uh, Drew DeRitter getting more time in goal or uh, some of these are freshmen. I mean, you only take a class of three freshmen, but I'm pretty excited about all three. I think they're going to be uh, exciting for people to kind of jump on and, I think, you know, as we go through the last couple of weeks with uh, MSU football and, and kind of all the hype with MSU basketball, I think it's one that can be a little bit of a low-risk buy-in for people. Of, sure. I don't think you're going to get your heart broken, but they could surprise you too. So uh, it's one of those where it's, it's like, you know, low expectations can be a lot of fun because you, uh, you can really be surprised and, and not hurt in the process. So I think yeah. that's going to be a fun part of the season too. It's just going to be uh, – they they have all the cards to play with, you know. They're kind of playing with house money this year to to go out there and just shock a lot of teams. And if it all goes to hell, we got beer sales at home. We got to remember there you go. that. There That's, you go. Well, blue cures a lot of things. So. <laughs> um, last thing here to both you, and it's a broad question. Feel free to ha- answer it however you want. It, we'll start with you, Nate. Uh, just sort of, I don't know, like an overall picture, like sort of pitch someone on checking this team out, why they're worth um, investing in and just kind of what you're looking forward to as this season gets underway here. Well, I think uh, the biggest thing is, you know, if you want to follow Michigan state hockey and you want to stick with it, um, you know, Dan Cole's been around the block, you know, he's won and won a Stanley cup, you know, he's been coaching for a long time now. And, you know, I don't see, even if there's not success this year, I don't see any any future where five, ten years down the line, Dan Cole's stunts still the hockey coach at Michigan State. Um, so if you want to get in now and, uh, you know, see what and follow what Dan builds at this program, um, then I think, you know, that this team's for you. I mean, I just think he's going to be here for a long time and he's going to continue to, you know, improve year in and year out. Um, and you know i i don't see him going anywhere i see him being like a you know hockey's obviously not the football or basketball but i definitely see him being like a uh, tom Izzo or mark d'antonio just in terms of tenure um you know he loves the university and i don't see him going anywhere and same thing to you there jeremy yeah i think uh, i'll echo kind of a little bit what Nate was saying about getting on the ground floor i mean it's probably hard for uh for a lot of listeners if you're you know, younger, still younger, weren't around in like the late 90s or early 2000s, but Munn honestly was the hardest ticket to get on campus. It was, uh, you know, they had the longest sellout streak in the country. It was just a pretty great atmosphere. And I think, you know, it's a great season uh, visually when you look at the Munn renovations going on, but also the product on the ice of uh, it's kind of coming back to maybe its glory days or getting kind of polished up back to the glory days a little bit here. And, uh, and I think it's a sport that right now it's easy to you know, a lot easier to follow as a as a new fan. Like they're in the Big Ten conference, you'll recognize these teams. 
uh, you have a lot of future NHL talent uh, to check out too if you are someone who follows that and a lot of local kids. So there's just a lot to kind of buy in to get you at least into the door. Uh, and then I think once you experience it, you'll have a good time and see that it's a, it's a pretty fun atmosphere and fun. And, and then you'll just come back and learn more about the game. So uh, definitely ground floor season. Uh, so it's get in now before it's harder to do later. If yeah, I can add if, one thing here too. Sure. Uh, you know, I know Taro, Taro Rossi was kind of like the highlight real guy, um, but Patrick Kodorenko is probably going to give you one or two moves a game that should be worth the price of your ticket. It'll just kind of wow you. Uh, you know, he's that good with the puck on his stick. So that's just another little added bonus. You get to see uh, the last year of Kodorenko there on the top line center. Yeah, and I just want to add, if you've never been to a college hockey game, uh, definitely give it a shot because even if it's not rolling, um, it's still a weird, fun, quirky environment that's really enjoyable to be a part of. It's a different experience than football or basketball. And when, uh, if and when they get this thing rolling again and mm-hmm. Mun is back to sort of the glory days like Jeremy was alluding to, like you're going to want to be there. Um, it is just – it's a rowdy little party. So – um, yeah, it seems like I, I'm with you guys. I haven't been too invested in this program, but I do like some of the things I'm hearing and just the pedigree that Cole brings with them and a little bit of improvement in year two from year one. So hopefully they can build on that and then, you know, make this foundation to something where uh, they're getting back to the glory days and competing uh, in the NCAA tournament consistently. So uh, Jeremy Dewar, BeneathThePines.com, Nathaniel Bott, Lansing State Journal. Guys, thanks so much for the insight, for the information. And We'll uh, try to catch up with you guys down the road. Hopefully this team can uh, win some games this year. All right, guys? Yeah, of course, man. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, have a great uh, have a great night. All right. Thanks so much to both of those guys, again, for making some time for the show. Good insight from them. And hopefully the hockey team can um, provide some reason for interest this year and get the fan base kind of fired back up because uh, it's really cool when they're when they're rolling along and, and competing in the Big Ten and winning games. So hopefully they can get that uh, going in the right direction starting this season and we'll be able to follow them throughout the year. That's going to do it for today's show. We'll be back next week with more Locked On Spartans. We'll start looking towards Penn State. Uh, Michigan State's going to try to sort of save the season here uh, against the Nittany Lions. And then we'll also have... Uh, some basketball talk mixed in there as Michigan State prepares for its first scheduled uh, exhibition game of the season coming up here in just about a week. So we'll do that all next week here on Locked on Spartans. We'll see you then.